Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, family? Welcome back to the here and now, and welcome to this part two episode with the man Jason Gore, where we are exploring all things leadership, how to be excellent leaders within ourselves, how to be leaders in our communities, and if it applies to you, how to be a leader in a high stress, big, huge business where you have tons and tons of employees. You know, Jason's taking these principles and, you know, trained people in NASA, Fortune 500 companies, uh, the military, huge, huge places. And now he helps entrepreneurs to embody these principles so they can build a business and build a functioning business because leadership is everywhere. And these principles can be taken in the household. They can be taken on the street, at the restaurant. They can be taken anywhere. So this is a really uh, insightful episode. I love chatting with Jason. I want to thank all you who are out there leaving reviews for me on iTunes. It's super helpful. Uh, this one actually comes from Stitcher because some people do listen on the Androids and that's how you got to do it. So this one's from Magic and he says uh, the headline is mind-blowing, powerful, and deep. This is one of the deepest podcasts I've ever come across alongside with Joe Rogan. Matt talks consciousness, spirituality, and takes your mind on a ride. His guests share powerful information in an easy-to-understand way and definitely makes you think. Keep them coming. All those things I like. I definitely want to take your mind on a ride and make you think and expand your consciousness, doing it in a loving way. And these are things that I want for myself. So if you're listening to this podcast, then you are amazing and I love you. Um, If you want to support the show, leaving a review would be great. Maybe I'll read it on the air, so make sure to put your name um, sharing the episodes and checking out Matt Belair forward slash store where all kinds of cool stuff is on there, including Sync Tuition, which is one of my main sponsors. They are 3D binaural beat, uh, gamma wave, brainwave entrainment. So for me, I go into a state between uh, deep meditation and lucid dreaming. It's very fascinating. And I also will either listen to that or my own track at night, some of my own like hypnotic stuff. So I make my own guided meditations and it's really powerful stuff. And if you've never meditated before, you can just have a 3D sound experience and the magic of binaural beats are working in the background. Uh, So it's really, really powerful stuff. Stuff. You got uh, Dr. Nick's Essential Oils, uh, Zen Athlete. You can go get four free lessons there. They are designed for athletes, but the thing is, these are high-performance principles. So if you're an average Joe and you do the Zen Athlete program, that applies to everything. That's why I'm targeting kids and youth because these things apply to everything. So check those out. They're free lessons, and they're really powerful. Uh, what else? The Resonance Science Foundation is over there. What else can I say about those guys? I went to Egypt with them and learned a tremendous amount. Physics is all about the nature of reality, so you don't even need to enjoy science. It is about understanding the planet, the world, existence. It's phenomenal, and the community is tremendous. So lots of cool stuff over there, and like I said, lots of uh, cool stuff is going to be coming down the pipe. If those of you are looking for some coaching, I always forget to mention this, but I do coaching uh, and and mentorship and things like that. So if you're interested in leveling up, um, we do like an onboarding process. I just figure out what it is that you want to do, if I can help you. And, you know, I'm looking for really committed people. That's you got to be you got to really want it if you're not really ready to do the work, then it's not going to be a fit. And if you're really wanting to level up to do the work, to explore your limitations, to break through all that kind of stuff, this is this is for you. It's uh, I can show you the, the path. We can work one-on-one, meditations, NLP. I'd use every trick in the book that I have, and I empower you to just figure it out yourself and, and help you become your own master. So if you're looking to make 2018 your best year and you would like some support on that end, just hit up Matt at zenathlete.com and I'd happily uh, have a chat with you and see how I can help you. And that's it. So let's get into today's 
meditation just before we get in, remembering that we can always create our own emotional states. Um, if it's a challenging state, we can sit and we can alchemize that energy and realizing that energy is ours to alchemize. So if somebody triggers you all the time and makes you angry, remember you're the one making yourself angry. And that's just how that works. So, okay, so all we need to do to do this is just to stop, set our intention to come to peace and coherence. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Just imagine white, powerful source light coming in, filling your lungs and every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. Hold the breath and just let it out slowly, letting go of all the cares and all the worries and all the stresses of the day, all the to-do lists and all the things you're supposed to do and the expectations. Just take another deep breath in through your nose. Seeing that white, powerful, golden source light coming in, filling every cell and every molecule of your being. See yourself as an infinite being of love and light, multidimensional, powerful being. Seeing yourself vibrant, just vibrating of source frequency connected to all things. And just let it out slowly again with all the cares and all the expectations and all the things your mind's telling you that you need to do. Gotta do all these things is not true. Kind of true, but not not at the same time. <laughs> and now just take another deep breath in through your nose. And this time imagine a column of brilliant white golden platinum light coming down from the universe and just pulsing through every cell and every muscle of your fiber of your being. And then the earth is sending powerful, loving, supportive energy up through your feet. And this energy meets in the middle and you create this powerful energetic vortex spinning all around you, connecting you to source frequency, connecting you with the earth, connecting you with your heart to make your unique energetic signature. And as you connect with this signature, I want you to just send out to your friends and family just love and support. Send them self-worth. Send them good vibes. Send them your best wishes. Sending this energy out to everyone you've ever met, allowing that memory bank to just flood in, just sending good wishes to everybody. Send it to the entire planet. Send it to Russia, China, Canada, USA, England, France, Australia, New Zealand, Egypt, Iran, Syria, everywhere, the entire planet. We are one family, the entire African continent and all the countries. Send it all over the planet just just wishing your signature supports life supports the planet supports others and as you see that energy come go out see it come back and send yourself love and support that same energy divine love eternal love unconditional love for yourself unconditional forgiveness for yourself just allow yourself to expand and feel comfortable in growth and learning and making mistakes and following your intuition and following your gut and just see yourself over the next day, over the next week, moving fearlessly with joy and enthusiasm and not taking everything so seriously, letting failure be okay, letting go of expectations, doing the best you can, really minding how you feel, enjoying the process of learning and growing in life. And as you sit with this energy, just allow it to sink in. And through your decision and through your conscious awareness, you just allow this to be your new way of being moving forward. And there you go. All right. So now we're ready, ready to get into part two, the man, Jason Gore. You know, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, yeah. I love that because it's like, yeah, there could be a negative impact and we could really be angry about that negative impact. Um, but it's really a sign of our passion. What are we committed to? And to double down on the commitment and passion side and see how to navigate this. Um, so mm -hmm. I interrupted you. So let, let's let's go back on your thread. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did because that's a really a great 
Koan, man, it's so good. I, I used to read a lot of those. Um, I had a book of just excellent ones. And if people don't know, they're like Zen riddle poems. And oh. uh, I call them, uh, you know, and they're not, it's just to make you think. It basically, Zen is such an a hole because it just like gives you nothing. <laughs> it's, you know, it's right. Like, right. I remember reading it in high school and just like it's, I always use this example of like cross your fingers, you know image and then it pops out in 3d the paintings where you got to cross your yeah. and like but nothing ever popped i'm just like what do they totally. mean <laughs> and yeah. you're not supposed to know so that the idea is to think you know and what does it mean to you and that's that's the beautiful that's the beautiful yeah. point so really good ones really can um allow you to think but there is an answer to a lot of them um so yeah you know do you want to <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> you it, it, what that brings up for me is like like I am, like if I look at my greatest passion, my greatest care, my greatest concern, clean water for the children. And as we're having this dialogue, I'm like, well, when that's getting threatened, how can I not be angry? How can I not be attached to that? Like I'm designing all of my work around, you know, producing better leaders to have an ultimate eventuality that's more positive than negative. Like, isn't that attachment like the fuel of my fire? And, uh, I'm curious what my teachers would say, but I would think that they would say, "Great, be passionate, even be bitter, but don't be attached." Mm, mm. Um, that reminds me. <laughs> I'll eventually get to finishing <laughs> my thought here. Um, I was listening to Wayne Dyer do an interview with Abraham Hicks. You know who that uh -huh. is? I do. Yes. Yeah. So Abraham Hicks, for those of you who don't know, you should know. She's a channel. She does a law of attraction. It's um, Esther Hicks who channels the spirit, our group of spirits, Abraham, uh, one of the most well-known channels on the planet. And so Wayne Dyer gets a chance to talk to to Abraham, and uh, he's, he's basically upset about um, – Monsanto and he's upset about you know because he's living in Hawaii and watching what they're doing and then you know I'm totally with Wayne you know on this so it's like this is pissing us off this is not good like this thing is coming and then you know Abraham gives those like I, I don't know what kind of answer it is it's unsatisfying and mm -hmm. mostly true but it's like you know Wayne for the last 10 minutes you've talked about Monsanto giving it more attention energy and focus to basically amplify that what is it the thing that you want because some of it is in your control so a lot of it is out of your control so for your thing but it is happening totally also at the same time so that's a bit of a mind f I haven't really sorted that whole thing out um you know I and then the one that it gets me is uh you know the word something along the lines that um you know, the world are evil rules only when good people do nothing. And then as the masculine warrior archetype that really messes with my brain, you know, because I'm like, okay, hey, totally. Really? Do I sit down? Like, are, is it shutting down this like warrior archetype? So I don't know. I battle with that. Maybe you can help me and, and <laughs> we'll go down that road because I'm not sure yeah. I, I, I deal with that. I try not to impose my own spiritual beliefs on other people because I leadership and the work that I do is really spiritually agnostic. But what I will say is focus on the result you want. Like put your attention on what you want to create. So if you're having an argument with someone, like if you're coming in there to win the argument, well, guess what? You're, you're picking a fight. You're putting your attention on how do we get the best results here? How do we repair a relationship? How do we move forward effectively? Right? And the context of the conversation is set up. Focus on the thing that you both want the results of getting that are going to be much higher, right? When you're both mm -hmm. leaning in and you're actually talking and negotiating about what you want before you actually talk about the content so that you're moving in the conversation, which might be a difficult one, right? With a similar context um, and a similar orientation. So that tends to set things up well. And I, I think that if you looked at you know, the ideas of manifestation that have been expressed by the Hicks, um, you'll you'll see that I think it's very much consistent. Like, give people the benefit of the doubt, right? Doom positive intent, but really focus on what is it that you want? What is it that you that you want to create for the future? Mm. I love it. I, I agree with it, and so that's the one that I go with. You have another thought? Well, you know, eyes. I was going to go. I was going to go on to the fourth uh, fourth core leadership practice. Otherwise, we're going to be so here all day. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go on the fourth. So I just want to finish the, the <laughs> note about so you get the feedback, okay, and the person you ask them to share, you know when somebody pisses you off and then 
you go and you tell your friends how they pissed you off. Yeah. All of that needs to come out. But the friend is listening to them. But that needs to come out to you. So it's like this energy. And you might totally. have one pound of energy, six pounds of energy, a thousand pounds of energy. So the energy is the entire story. You know what I totally. mean? And so when you say that guy lets out all that steam, that was all that passion. But that was his whole truck he threw at you. The energy's now off him. And he's like, ugh. You know, and he got that energy out of his body. Now he can be receptive to feedback. But what happens is that, you know, we get we get maybe 50 percent or 30 percent or 80 percent or even 90 percent. And even if you get 90 percent of that person's energy of why they're upset and not that last 10 percent, that is still friction that they're going to hold on to for a future note. So totally. it's better totally. to take the whole brick to the face. And if there's 20 bricks, get it all out. And I just see yeah. they're unloading that whole story. And then that makes so much room for feedback because now they're going to feel heard. And if totally. you only, you know, if you did six things or there's 20 tokens of energy or seven tokens because it's seven different things or, you know, you need all seven or all 20 out because they're like, no, 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 we only got to 14, you son of a gun. There are totally. eight more things yeah. that, you, that you have done. And you're like, oh, God, okay. You know, just, and yeah. then you got to take them. And then once they're out, then it's out. Totally. So two things to say about this. One is you don't know if you really got them until you've paraphrased and got the yes. And when people start doing paraphrasing, like it's a little awkward. Um, and so I'll often caveat to say, hey, let me make sure I understood what you're saying. Can I repeat back what I'm hearing, you know, where I digest it and give it back from not word for word, but from my own experience of what they're saying? Um, what typically will happen if someone's angry is they'll get angrier. They'll say, yeah, but you know, there's more than that. That's actually a good sign, right? Because it means that you've paraphrased enough, you've reflected enough that they're willing to actually give you the thing that they weren't willing to give you the first time, right? And it basically says, look, I'm willing to sit in this fire with you for the sake of our relationship, for the sake of this future that we want to create together. So let's, let's get on the table. And then you've demonstrated that you've listened, listened. And yes, you're going to miss some things. And yes, they're not going to have said everything the first round. So it allows all of that to come out. Now, from a spiritual perspective, right, to be able to receive that, like while you haven't said your piece yet, you, you know, I'm asking you guys not to defend yourselves when this is happening, right? To put your perspective and your ego off to the side, but not your physical safety that always stays core and center and stay centered enough to be able to listen to someone when everything that they're saying is probably going to be pissing you off and you think is wrong, right? I mean, that that is a practice that's going to make you grow. Yeah, brother, 100%. I totally agree. It's it's um uh it's your I I definitely agree with what you're saying and um I was just going to say one thing and get on to number 4 cuz we just keep going back and forth. <laughs> but um you know, the paraphrase, when you use the paraphrase thing, they've never emptied the tank. And then they can clarify because their model of the world and what happened is different. So you're just locking that in. You know what I mean? You're just yeah. getting to that point of clarity. And if it's in a conflict situation, you're coming to coherence. You know, so yeah. if you imagine, you know, nice circular waves, once they do the initial bomb on you, you know, you're going from really rocky waters to, okay, there's some turbulence. Okay. And then you say, hey, you know what I mean? Did I hear this right? And then they can have that last push of energy, you know, totally. and they really, really feel heard. So that's what I was going to say about that. And either respond or go on to number four yeah. as you wish. Um, you know, I'll say, I will say that sometimes when, you know, we're pretty hot headed or when both parties are, are pretty emotional, it's sometimes nice to get a third person in the room to facilitate. Like, it's asking a lot from us to be able to do that. And, you know, it's it's not an easy thing. We're, we're emotional beings first, right? And logical beings second. And so um, having someone else in the room that you both trust that could help facilitate the mutual understanding, super important. Um, you know, if you if it's really important to you and, getting getting someone that you both like and can agree on can really help things move forward. So the first three principles we talked about, like inspiring with a clear vision, listening with openness, and speaking with transparency are kind of individual things. Yes, they play out in dialogue, but the next three are really more team-oriented. 
next four are really team-oriented. Um, and this next one, the fourth one, is facilitating healthy debates and meetings. Like, if you're in a company, odds are that at least half of your time is in meetings. And from what I've seen, most of those meetings kind of suck. At least they're inefficient, right, if they don't suck. Um, but that not much happens. The same things come up over and over again. There's not a clear agreement about next steps. People's voices are not heard. Decisions are not made that can have alignment. Like a lot of bad things can go can happen in meetings. And that's kind of where a lot of our time gets sucked, where a lot of the culture gets created that is not the culture that we want. And so uh, as a leader, not only modeling what a good meeting looks like, what good debate looks like, which we've already talked about, um, but also getting your people to do that. And so some, some basic things here. Um, first of all, like all meetings should have an agenda. What, why are we here? What are we, what are we here to, to talk about? And to focus on what is the next step. It's not just a topic, right? It's the objective. What do we want to do here? Are we figuring out next steps? Are we brainstorming ideas? Are we coming to a conclusion and making a final decision? What's happening here? Because otherwise, we're bringing up a topic, and everybody has something relevant to say about the topic, but it's not moving us in the direction that's going to forward us to our objective. So just clarifying the objective. And you know, we might clarify the objective, and there might be a dialogue about, whoa, we can't make that decision today. There's no way we can make that decision today. We don't have the data. This person's not in the room, and you know, we've got to fi find out this, this, and this first, right? So then you clarify what the objective is. Okay, well, let's clarify next steps and who's going to do what by when. Um, the next thing I would say is try to have a facilitator, right? Because someone who's keeping an eye on the objective and letting people know whether they're off topic or, you know, or too far in the weeds or if we're right on topic, like that's going to make things much more efficient. Having a parking lot, you know, or as we would call it at Burning Man, we call it the bicycle rack, um, to take the ideas that are off topic but important, they're they're part of either a whole side conversation that's necessary for us to make a decision or something else that's important but that's actually not on point for what we're accomplishing now. Um, having that so that we could capture those and figure out next steps about those, like what's the next meeting, what has to happen there so that we could stay on point. Um, but then in terms of debate, it's a lot of what we talked about, right, is the most senior person in the room is ultimately going to be looked upon to facilitate unless they nominate someone else. And is there healthy debate? Is the person that's staying quiet in the corner of the room but clearly brooding, like, have they spoken their truth? Are they drawn out? And when um, people are sharing opinions, is there sufficient understanding of each other before they're pushing for specific solutions? Like there's that, that traffic cop notion that's so important in, in terms of an effective meeting. Um, so running effective meetings, right, that sets the stage. That communicates what kind of listening are we expecting from each other? How clear are we being on the, the agenda and what we're trying to accomplish? Are we just calling meetings for meeting's sake because that's basically a good next step when we don't, you know, when you don't feel prepared. So um, having effective meetings is so important from, from setting the culture to setting up good debate and to setting up healthy dynamics around efficiency. Awesome. I love it. Um, I'm only going to make one comment so you can keep going on because you're doing great. Um, I think that the third party is such an underutilized strategy for family conflict, relationship conflict, and yeah. business conflict. You know, just having somebody that you trust to come in can really, really help because then they're facilitating making sure both sides are heard. And I think that it's yeah. a, an extremely valuable tool that um, maybe can be a little bit more common for people to use activator or employ in, in in solving or upgrading their relationships their business culture and things like that um yeah. so excellent excellent stuff man you know and i'll say that the third party is is a tricky it's tricky to be in uh, when you're in that third party you know you want both parties to feel supported and you don't want to take sides however it's also sometimes important to, to present an opinion you know hey matthew like 
I don't know if you're, you're what you're sharing right now. It doesn't sound fair to me. In what way is it fair to you? Like, and sometimes there has to be secondary dialogue that gets created. Um, but that's tricky stuff, right? So ideally, you have kind of this person that loves both people, that appreciates both people, and can really act as an intermediary without taking sides. Um, but you know, mediation and facilitation is definitely a skill set, and yeah. the more we could get that skill set, the more we're going to be practicing our own leadership skills. I'm just imagining uh, like a a romantic relationship where um, you know the guy calls in his best friend or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. just like, hey babe, we're going to get a mediator for this this problem. Yeah. I'm just going to call in my best friend here and then do that. So yeah, don't yeah. don't do that scenario. It's got to be a you know a good solid third party that you both respect and and wants to help you both. <laughs> so totally. I'm just thinking you know, like a I'll, Chappelle well, skits skits skits. Skit. Uh, skit show. Sorry, go. A lot of times I'll say that, you know, as a facilitator, not only do I play traffic cop, the other thing I would say that I really do is I name the elephant. Like I just I just take the stuff that's under the rug and put it on top. Okay, guys, for the last two years, you've been barely talking because of the thing that happened, you know, and maybe we need to clean that up first before we get into this dialogue, right? Or, hey, guys, you know, there's clearly been a loss of trust here. Um, you think this you think that what this person did sabotaged your career, and you think this, that, th that this person backstabbed you. Like, let's just talk about this, right, so that we could get it over with, so we could actually be productive together. And maybe that, that history is so great that you won't be able to work together, but at least you know it, right? And you can, make, you can decide now, early on, when there's less consequences about whether or not you could work together. And if not, then we'll figure that out. But let's just get on the table to actually talk about it. Um, you know, the, the next one, number five, is makes decisions inclusively and effectively, right? And decision-making is, is hard, right? Everybody has different perspectives. What I love about companies is their hierarchy. Um, risk, for example, is a big issue that people are going to have different risk profiles, and two people might not make the same decision um, based on their willingness to take risks or their willingness to be conservative. It depends on on a lot of individual factors there. So in a company, you could always escalate. And escalating around risk is a great point of escalation. You know, Matthew thinks that we should go to this audience and try to get a 70% retention. I think we should go for the more aggressive audience and maybe we only get a 30% retention, but hey, these guys are going to be our champions, right? My, mine is more risky. We might not get any of these guys, but if we get a couple of them, wow, we're going to be better off, right? That might not be a decision that we could actually navigate ourselves. As long as we understand each other, maybe we need to escalate that, right? Um, so decision-making is tough. Um, in terms of including the right people, um, the more people that we include in the decision, the more input we'll have and the more alignment we'll have and the more resistance we'll be able to be aware of when we make a decision that might not suit everybody's interests so we can navigate that resistance more effectively. On the other hand, the more people we include takes more time, right? Everybody wants to share an opinion and and they're going to feel um, like part of the decision process. So including the right number of people, being clear how the decision is going to get made, and making sure that, you know, as we talked about earlier, that we at least consider people's opinions before deciding. And when we do decide, that we share that their opinions were heard when we make a, a decision that might be contrary to their interests, explain why, right? And when a decision has been made in a company or a military setting, the thing is full alignment. We don't leave this room without 100% alignment. Even if someone would have made a different decision on their own if they were making the decision, we leave this room fully aligned as a team. We don't leave this room backstabbing the decision because then execution is going to be hard and no one's going to win. Now, sometimes maybe we back off on the decision and say, okay, let's take this next step. Let's get all aligned on getting more data, right, before we make the final decision. But getting to a clear next step where you're fully aligned, especially if you're in a team all operating, you know, in one, with one goal, like that unity is super important. Um, where we don't do that triangulation thing that Matthew was talking about earlier, where, you know, something happened in a meeting, now I talk to John, now John spreads the rumor at lunch, and now we got a whole mess on our hands. 
if something happened you know, meeting and I didn't speak about it at the moment, like, okay, fine, maybe I go speak to John, but it's for the sake of clearing my own stuff so I could go back to Matthew and have a conversation, right? It's, we don't want all the stuff sitting out there um, and all this triangulation where now something's coming back to Matthew saying, hey, you know, Jason's really pissed, pissed at you. Now, what is like, what is that? How does that occur to Matthew? Like, now he has to approach me with something that I should have approached him on, right? So it's like having those direct conversations. Um, and when a decision get, gets made that you might not agree with, having the conversation up front with the person that made the decision rather than kind of spreading negative stuff around the organization. Awesome. Yeah, those are those are really simple fundamentals. Um, the way that I'm also seeing this too is just family structure. You know, the importance of we used to do the family meetings and things like that. Mm -hmm. So you know, you can definitely use these tactics in small business and big companies, and they're, they're simple fundamentals, uh, but really really important and will change the game if you have that container around it. You know, this is our totally. goal, and um, you know, if we don't have 100% alignment, maybe. If it's a certain decision, you can bar a few things off to the side and use other tactics, but that's the container. So I see it as uh, really, really valuable. So that's yeah, all I'll let, say. Yeah, let me play, <laughs> play off that. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was, I think I must have been seven, my dad came home and he said, guys, you know, for Christmas, we're going to Disneyland. Now, his intentions were all positive, but it turns out that I really wanted to go to Disney World rather than Disneyland. And my brother actually didn't want to go to either, but wanted to do something different. And, you know, my dad didn't include us in the conversation at all. He came home and made a declaration of this is what we're doing. And so essentially, my brother and I fought the entire time and kind of ruined the trip for everybody. Um, and I look back at that, and I'm like, God, you know, my dad had such good intentions. <laughs> but if he would have come home and said, hey, guys, I'm thinking about buying tickets to, to Disneyland. I think that would be awesome. What do you guys think? Like he would have heard a little bit more about what we wanted and maybe we could have either tweaked the plans or made future plans that would have satisfied us in a different way. I mean, we should have been grateful, obviously. You know, we were little brats apparently. But, um, you know, it's even little simple things like that. We sometimes want to, you know, create good or bad surprises. But if we don't include people in decision making and we take away their autonomy, and it's very difficult for them to create alignment after the fact, right? When, mm. when they don't feel like they got to contribute something into a, a decision that's going to really have an impact on them. So if you're going to do surprises for your family, get some inside information first. Otherwise, you're going to be <laughs> totally <laughs> surprises for kids everywhere, brother. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I have to say, like one of my one of my business rules is just no surprises. Like business is not a place to create surprises, good or bad. Like let everybody know because like, like even a good surprise. I remember there was a client that um, he he had, his sales were through the roof that month, and he had just the CEO had just told the board kind of like, hey, you know, I'm not sure where things are going to go this month, and then this big sale came through, and they completely blew the numbers out of the water, but the CEO kind of looked like a, a an idiot because when the numbers came back the next month, they're like, wait, what happened? Like you told us you weren't going to do that well this month, and then you do, do you have any idea what's going on in sales? You know, and it's like you know, it's like any surprise is, is generally it might be a good thing, but surprises in general are a net negative in, in business. Um, <laughs> Interesting. In, in my opinion, um, yeah. You want well, predictability. Well, yeah, I was just going to say to get the within the company structure get all of the limited surprises because you're going to have external surprises like you know yeah exactly the you know the client falls through you can't help that so within the company cohesive structure i just see it yeah. as coherent principles for coherent business structure so yeah. lay on number lay on number okay. 6 for me number 6 um delegate effectively and create accountable teams um this actually goes hand in hand with no surprises so that was a good segue because so often Let's say, Matthew, that you give me a task, right? And I'm going to go perform that task, and it's not looking so good, and I'm going to be late on it. I generally be like, okay, maybe Matthew won't notice. Maybe he didn't, won't notice that I promised it to him on Friday. I'm just going to deliver it on Monday. And I, and I, so I ship it off to you on Monday, right? All good. 
you know, Matthew, on the other hand, has been waiting and steaming all weekend because he didn't get it and read it himself, right? Because he didn't get what he needed. Like, that's not good, right? If, if we want to, well, let me back up. Oftentimes, we'll relate to commitments as promises. I promised to get that document to Matthew by Friday. I didn't deliver it. I'm a bad person, right? And Matthew is going to kind of beat me up with a baseball bat if I don't get it done, right? Because I've broken my promise. Like, come on. In business, we, do, we make commitments to each other, but those commitments are ways to organize our action. It's ways to organize and collaborate so that Matthew can know that it's coming on Friday and he can make commitments based on that to other people and deliver what his, his commitments are to other people. And if I'm not going to get the document to him by Friday, he's likely not going to be able to fulfill the commitments he has to other people. And I should let him know that. As soon as I know there's any risk to that commitment, hey, Matthew, I told you this was going to get done on Friday. I don't see how I can get it done given my other commitments. And Matthew might be like, okay, let's look at what your other commitments are. Or maybe I could give you more resources. Maybe I could actually do one of those things for you. Maybe I could, we could renegotiate here. Or maybe, frankly, you don't even need it until Monday. And I'm stressing out. And you're like, yeah, Monday's fine. Awesome. Great. Right? But to be in communication around commitments, um, that's kind of step one. Step two is in most companies and most teams, there's usually some level of hierarchy. There's usually one person making a request and another person satisfying that request. Right? And delegation is, is about really, first of all, clarifying that request. I mean, so many times I'll talk to the manager and he'll say, God, this guy, Scott, doesn't, he just doesn't do a good job. And I'll talk to Scott and he'll be like, my manager like, expects the world of me and doesn't tell me how to, how, to, how to win. I turn all these things in that I think he wants. He throws half of them out. I spent all this time working on stuff that he doesn't want because he doesn't clarify his requests delegation is a two-way street like and you know leaders who basically are getting stuff that doesn't satisfy them yes you could point the figure figure fig, finger over there but i think it's much more productive to point the figure to yourself and say what can i be doing better to clarify these commitments and support my people in being successful um because half the time it's not about the person no there are times it is and we'll talk about that in a second um but Delegation starts off with a clear two-way commitment, right? And if Matthew makes a commitment to me that I can see in his eyes that he doesn't really mean it, like and he walks away from that table going kind of with this half commitment, it's my job to call him out. Hey, Matthew, are you in on this? Like, are, are you 100%? Because if he leaves thinking he's not going to be successful, then the odds of me getting what I want are really low, right? We want to leave the conversation with both parties saying, okay, we're both in. This might be a stretch goal, but we're going to make this happen, right? The second piece is who owns that commitment, right? Matthew just made a commitment to me to do something. I'm going to make some commitments to my people, right, based on that commitment. So kind of who owns the commitment? Um, let's say that I'm leaving the house for the night. I don't have children, um, but let's say I'm leaving for the house, and I give the baby, you know, give my kids to the babysitter and say, okay, here you go. I'll see you at 11. Who's accountable for the safety of those kids? Now, if I say the babysitter is accountable, I'm really failing my, my job as a parent, right? And no parent will say that, that I'm no longer accountable for the safety of my children, right? Of course I'm accountable. We're both accountable. I've asked and delegated the responsibilities to take care of the children, but we're both accountable for the end result, which is the safety of the children. Same thing with the task, right? That Matthew says yes to a request I make, right? that we're both accountable. If I hear something that gives me question about whether Matthew's going to fulfill on that task, then I should say, hey, hey, Matthew, hey, I heard this thing through the grapevine. Like, should we talk about this? Do you need support here? You know, have a conversation. And Matthew should be able to come to me and say, I'm failing miserably at this. I need help. Can I give you a draft and get you get some feedback or more direction? Or I'm really not clear about what it is that you want. We need to be in dialogue and collaboration and mutual support to get that task done, because of course I didn't ask Matthew to do this because it wasn't important, it's needed, and we want it to be done successfully. So that's the collaboration piece. Um, the last piece, the third, third part of delegating effectively is feedback. Matthew comes back with the report, it was on time, 
like always, Matthew. And it wasn't what I wanted, right? Like we need to be able to have a dialogue about if I was my request, in some ways I now have authority to say where I'm satisfied and where I'm not satisfied. So let's say that I think it was a piece of shit, right? This report you gave me, Matthew, just do not cut the mustard. I'll mix metaphors. Um, so like if I say, if I take it, and a lot of managers do this, and I make all the corrections myself, right, because that's going to be the most efficient way to get what I want, and then I submit it, now two things are going to happen. Next time I ask Matthew, he's not trained, right? He, you know, he knows that he, I don't like it because we could feel that in each other, right? But he doesn't know why I didn't like it. So he, he he's sitting here thinking probably, you know, he just doesn't like me. Like the other thing is, so he's not trained. The other thing is next time I need a report done, I'm going to be a little bit hesitant to go to Matthew, right? I'm going to go to a, a, someone who I know I could count on. And so what happens is, in, if I have a team of people reporting to me, I'll over rely on half of those teams. And so their reward for a good job, good, uh, a job well done is more work. And I'm going to rely less on some other people in the organization. And meanwhile, for those people, I'm not giving them the high priority items. They're not building their career and I'm sabotaging the relationship. And so we start, we end up limping along and I'm not fully utilizing that as a resource, which we don't have a lot of resources. We want to accomplish a lot. That's not a good way to go. If I'm not satisfied, Matthew should know it, right? So many times people get fired and they're surprised. Like to me, that's the fault of the manager, right? I work with, in, I work in pretty um, uh, aggressive cultures that have a high bar of excellence because they don't have a lot of resources, right? These startups, they need to let go of their low performers, but. The low performers should know that they're low, that they're not performing well. It shouldn't come as a surprise. Like if I'm not satisfied, I should be telling Matthew. Now to do that, when I am satisfied, I also need to be telling Matthew. Right? I need to be giving a full complement of appreciation and ways to improve. Right? For us to continue to operate at high efficiency and for us to learn together. If I'm not doing that, we're not learning together. I've been speaking about this as a manager, manager and direct report, but this is also around a peer relationship. If my peer in another department is not meeting my needs, we need to have a conversation. If I go to my CEO and say, blah, 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 and I show up as a complainer, well, my CEO is going to go talk to Matthew now and, and get back into that triangle situation? No. Like, I need to talk to Matthew, and if I'm not getting what I want from Matthew, we should escalate together because maybe he's under-resourced. Maybe my priorities are different than his, and we need to negotiate about what resources are being used and how. Um, delegation is huge. Right? Everything that we've talked about up to now is a part of delegation. Right? And it's the kind of the task that if we want to grow as leaders, delegation is a really way to, good way to cut our teeth and grow. Right? Really clarify upfront what are we asking someone to do, and frankly, it tends to be a back and a forth. Like, we might not be able to clarify that. Collaborate and support each other, and then complete by offering satisfaction and dissatisfaction and get it right and get the relationship right. Um, so I babbled a lot, but obviously I'm passionate about this one, Matthew. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure that each of these points that you could do a full day workshop on because there is a lot of depth there and you have a lot of experience with it. What I really took from that segment was the importance of clear communication, overall clarity, throughout the process of, of tasks and delegation, removing presumptions, and that, and that creates a mutual respect because essentially a high-functioning team, um, they have to have mutual respect and trust. And my example of this comes in sports performance. If I am on a hockey team and I don't trust the guy to do his job, and then you could go yeah. and escalate even further into the military, right? That's sort of like, can you do your job, which is to get over here to push this button or to mm -hmm. be over here to, you know, totally. shoot over here so I don't die. You know, you have totally. to have implicit trust and that comes from mutual respect. So you, you, it, it was good that you're that passionate because I was hearing um, all those really important things um, just for the sake of time. Cause I, I want to respect your time too. Um, add on to that and then give us, give us seven because you know, I think cool. that dude, I could have well, just, I should do one podcast for each one and then just like, you know, you know story, huge lesson. 
you know, well, as you much know, that, time as that's you want. Kind of, that's my next step is to, is to do exactly that. But, okay, so you played hockey. Yes? Yeah. What, yeah. Pos- what position? Center. Okay, so I was left wing as a kid. And, uh, and I, I remember not fully trusting my left defenseman. And so when I would, when I would get really aggressive on a breakout, like if my, my left defenseman, defenseman wasn't good, I had to race back so hard, right, to, to cover, cover part of his territory. And, um, God, I hated doing that because it was like I, I got stretched thin. And it's like, you know, that trust of like, no, you, you need to be back there. Like if I'm going to be that far forward, I need to know that you're there. Um, it, just, it just reminded me of that. And I think all yeah. of this stuff plays out in sports. Well, it's, well, it's really important because sports is a platform for that, right? For business. Mm-hmm. And that's the analogy, right? And as we spoke a little bit before, you know, my background in sports performance, if I'm working with a CEO about the mental game, you know, my clients and myself have probably been stretched beyond what this guy's ever had to deal with. And so you can actually take those lessons, right? Mm -hmm. So sports is that analogy where you tune up the team, then all of a sudden, you know, it's not five people that are different. It's like this synergy from the coach and the system, these guys are kicking butt. Nobody knows why. And it's because of all of these principles that they're Mm -hmm. doing, you know, it's not a sport of individuals, the team dynamic, and that's where you get into coaching and things and, and you can watch it happen and it's, and it's magical. Well, ironically, oh, yeah. the seventh principle is developing your people and teams. There you go. So, <laughs> right, right on target here, right? It's it's motivating people to bring their best, right? And offering um, genuine appreciation for their contributions, but coaching and support in developing their skills, their careers, their passions, um, supporting people from learning from mistakes. You know, um, it's like someone makes a mistake, great. Like, it's not great for the business. Let's talk about what happened what went wrong, and how we're going to ensure it doesn't happen again, right? But we're not beating them up with a baseball bat. There's a story of a, of, a, of a major business loss. Like a department basically made an attempt to do something. It was in the marketing department, failed miserably, $2 million bucks, kind of gone out the window. And the, the VP of marketing goes to the CEO and says, okay, well, I assume you're going to fire me. And the CEO says, and you, some of you have heard the story before, the CEO says, fire you i just invested two million dollars in your education like no i'm not going to fire you now you're going to make this right like let's learn what what went wrong and make sure that we do it right the next time and maybe we need to bring some more supportive structure in or some outside consultants but let's make this happen now there are times right to let people go and we talked about that earlier and delegation is how you're going to find um how people you know understand what their weaknesses are and and dialogue about that but then you want to develop them, you know. It takes about six months to actually know you're going to fire someone. Like the vast majority of times, it could it could go faster than that. But if I hire a new employee and they're not doing great, like it takes them three months to get their feet under the ground and another three months for me to know that they're not doing great. So I'm six months in, right? Um, and that's generally a good case. Um, but I see a lot of low performers stick around for a year or two right? But you might as well develop your people, like give them a chance, make them great. And your great people, like support them too, right? They have their own hiccups and blind spots. And so yes, hire competent people who fit the culture, but don't talk negatively about your people. Like talk directly to them, support them, give them feedback, have one-on-ones with your people every week, right? That's not based on, on projects, but based on their development, not just task-oriented, but who they are as leaders, especially if they're leading other people. Like, go through their team with them. Tell me who your people are, like who's performing, who's not performing. Are you giving them feedback? Have you told this person that? Have you appreciated your people? Do they feel respected, right? But to spend time developing your people around what they care about, around what their developmental needs are, especially in the millennial crowd. You know, millennials... They want to grow. And if they're not growing, no matter how much you pay them, no matter how much fun they're having, if they're not growing, they are going to leave. And if you are developing your people and they're growing, they'll work harder. They'll work smarter. They'll be more passionate, more loyal to you and the company. 
right? That it's developing your people that really creates the bond, um, whether it's peer to peer or, you know, manager to, to subordinate, doesn't matter. Um, having those conversations that they're growing, their career's growing, they feel cared about, they feel supported, um, and they feel like they're getting hard feedback. Turns out that delegation and developing your people are closely aligned. Right? If you're not delegating well, you can't give them negative feedback and you really can't develop them. Um, so there's a, all of these, all seven of these, you know, there's a massive overlap here. Um, but that's an important one, especially around getting to, to be a high-performing team and getting people to be loyal. That's, yeah, man, that's really important. And I think that what you're speaking on is just valuing people and the culture. I think Richard Branson, there's a quote that he says, um, train and treat people um, good enough so they can leave or, or train people good enough so they can work a- anywhere, but treat them well enough so they'll never leave, something along those lines. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that it just shows that that would be a good, if not great, just philosophy. And again, container to growing your business, to establishing a culture to, um, you know, because if we're looking at what the organization is, organizations you're working with are the highest performers you know there's no slouches in that room there's no slouches in nasa i don't think uh or the military or at the high levels or at the fortune five conference these are people that they they call you in and say we want to perform at the highest level and so then you set new new standards and what you really need is you need team cohesion and so all of these principles can uh, be applied to small business, big business, daily life, family, uh, really powerful stuff to your own life. You know, I had a few upgrades and just thinking about how I'd apply this to, you know, just the things that I'm up to. And so really powerful stuff. Um, nice. Matthew, yeah, man, I want to make really- an offer. I want to make an offer. I mean, I, we're wrapping up here and uh, I think we're, hopefully we haven't worn out our audience here, uh, but obviously we have a lot of passion about this topic. Um, you know, I'm happy to share these leadership practices um, we have a self-assessment that people can do, just a little survey. It's kind of still very like small, I'll just do, but um, it, will, it will go online at some point in the next few months. But I'm happy to send people that, that self-survey if people want it. Um, I don't know how to do that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make sure you you tell people where they can get a hold of you, where their we- website goes. And after, you know, as we said at the beginning, I was listening to your talk. I got the beginning. And then as Burning Man goes, there was a connection that needed to be had. So I'm listening to your talk, but I had to go back in to sign my name to make sure that I, I was on your mailing list mm-hmm. and, and stayed connected. Because, you know, what I've learned in my own studies is that you know, the real masters and people in, let's say, leadership, personal development, spirituality, whatever, um, the principles are simple. They're not that they're not that complicated, but your depth in, in applying them and learning them and understanding them, that can take time. So, you know, in the um, thing that you offered us on, on leadership was really valuable and I had a time to go through it. And so even these principles here, um, you know, highly valuable. So definitely share, you know, but before we wrap up, just like, thank you so much for your time. Um, if there's anything that you want to leave the listeners with, or if there's anything that I wish that, uh, you wish I asked you and just where people can get a hold of you and, and, and this assessment, I know that you're going to work on a course and giving an offering to, you know, empower young leaders and leaders of all types, which I think would be a, a massive service to, to a lot of, a lot of people out there. Yep. Um, well, first of all, let me just tell people where to get this assessment. Um, if you um, just send an email to my assistant, um, she'll respond with the assessment. I wish I could just give you a website, but it's not up and running. Um, I can put a link in there too. So let them know and I'll put a link in awesome. the show notes and SoundCloud and blog so they can definitely okay. get that. Okay, They'll great. Be front and um, center. And should I give the, the email address out to my assistant or what would be the best way to accomplish that here? Yeah, you can. Well, you can say it, and and um, I'll I'll definitely put it in okay. the in the show notes too. So, so my assistant's name, uh, just her email is assistant, A S S I S T A N T, at newberggore dot com, N E U B E R G, G O R E dot com, um, and we will get a, get a link up soon soon too, so that I could we could just link off to this. Perfect. Cool, brother. Um, well, uh, yeah. Let me let me just say a closing thought here. Um, you know, I love leadership because the world needs it, and I love leadership because it allows individual passions, people who are passionate about something, to make it happen. 
we generally can't make anything really significant in life happen without other people, right? So we need to inspire them. We need to collaborate with them. We need to work with them. We need to appreciate them. Um, and all of these things are essentially communication skills. And these are communication skills that we're going to be carrying with us for our entire life. So it is not a place where you're ever great, right? You could always get better. There's always, always ways to improve our leadership skills. And the core thing is not to beat ourselves up, but to commit to being the best leader we can and learn. And just continually expand our capacity to, to lead teams. Um, and that's going to be how we can create a lot of leverage in this world. Amazing, brother. Yeah, dude. Well, you, you shared a lot of really powerful and high-level information. Um, uh, it's just simple, random thing that comes to my mind is that, uh, you know, my mom growing up, she grew up on like the East Coast, Canada, and, uh, you know, they had some troubles with having young kids at that time. And one of the things that she did was uh, take a parenting course. And so did my dad, because mm -hmm. they... And one of the main things that they learned in that course was communication because they didn't know how to handle me or my sister, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, you know, these principles applied to people's lives really can make a difference. And people like you really see that difference and you see the power yeah. in that difference. And, you know, as far as being able to communicate with our family, communicate with their friends, especially communicate in those challenging situations, this is yeah. stuff that can change the world, you know, and and when we embody that leadership and that communication, um, we're going to re we're removing friction and friction creates conflict and conflict creates obviously problems. And I hope that most people want in their hearts to move towards a world of cohesion, of peace, of collaboration and communication is the start. And so totally. really powerful stuff. Um, I know we've spoke about you putting, you know, a full leadership thing together. I'd love to have you back on and even learn personally more about mastering communication. I've done so many yeah. communication courses and I'll do them all day, every day, because yeah. I know the power of them and how it upgrades my life and it, how it allows me to interact and, and make conflict almost non-existent, even though I'm dishing out, you know, not ideal situations a lot of the time. And, you know, it's 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 allowed me to learn how to do that. So thank you so much for your work and 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 all you're doing, man. I look forward to yeah. future collabs. And the last thing me, is, I appreciate uh, you taking it down from the big boys and NASA and the military and Starbucks Corp and all that kind of crap, and and you know sharing it with everybody. And that's a beautiful thing we can do yeah. with the internet now and podcasts and all that kind of thing. So uh, you know, you keep on bringing up family, and I can tell you know you're you've really good family values um and you just shared the story about you know your interaction with your parents um there's one thing I, I would like to say about that and i'm not a parent myself but the when i was teaching at harvard law there's a there's a phrase hard on the problem soft on the person right and this is especially true in the home environment there's almost never a reason to be hard on the person right be hard on the behavior be hard on the issue but love the person, right? Whether that's at home or at work, and we'd, at work we different, use different language, probably not love, right? But with children, it's just, I think it's so important to not make love conditional. Love should be unconditional. You love your child, but you don't love their behavior, right? And that's going to be your greatest way to influence someone, is to just, just shower them in love regardless of how badly they fucked up, right? And basically not accept the behavior and even punish the behavior, right? But to separate those two things out, right? Hard on the problem, soft on the person. Um, so I, I'm, you know, family values are so important to me and this is a good one. So I just wanted to close with that. Yeah, brother. Totally agree. Beautiful, beautiful closing statement, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your work. It was a pleasure and I look forward to staying connected, man. Thanks, Matthew, for having me. Take care. See everybody. Peace. All right, there we go. Wrapping it up with Jason Gore giving us the powerhouse, the man, the uh, how do I say powerhouse? I want to say just like the ultimate guide to leadership. You know, you have a huge company, you call in Jason, and Jason's worked with hundreds of probably thousands of people, plenty of companies, huge companies with huge stress, and helping them 
embody leadership principles. And now he's helping startups, helping young entrepreneurs to build this integrity, to build these leadership systems within their business so they can grow at accelerated rates. So these are tactics that are used by you know, the world's biggest companies and accelerating startups. So we can take these principles and apply them to our daily life and become leaders in our community for our family. Then for me, leadership is all about leading by example. You know, we touched on that a little bit and just being that thing, being, being open. It's leadership is about communication. It's about listening, being a real listener and hearing people, not just hearing what you want to hear and modifying it. So, you know, those are leading into just being a good whole and balanced human being. So it's really simple stuff. Uh, so if you like the episode, sharing it's great. Supporting the podcast, great. Uh, I've been, uh, what is it? Um, recommended to start a Patreon a whole bunch of times. So I'm going to just start that. And uh, if people want to support, then great. I'll put that at mattbelair.com slash store. Go over there, sign up for the email list. Check out the Zen Athlete book. If you want a kick-ass book, that's the book. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and I kid you not, it's really good. Um, what else? And, and I got like a video program on there. So if you know any athletes, great Christmas gift, get them that. Uh, you won't regret it. And uh, uh, hmm, I think that's it. Uh, we'll just go back to this uh, love and appreciation for you. Remember that you are whole, balanced, perfect, uh, worthy. You're worthy right now. You're you accept yourself right now. There's nothing you need to be, do, or have to be worthy. There's nothing that you need to eliminate from your life. Some sort of past mistake you've made that makes you less than and never worthy. That's not true. You you gotta let that go. You're human, and that's just a part of the process. Every single person on this planet has made mistakes, and we are here to learn and grow. So forgive yourself completely for that. It's the hardest thing to do sometimes, and you could just drop it because it's a part of you, and you've learned from it. So move forward with ease and grace, and that's what I wish for your life is to move forward with ease and grace and certainty and connection and just to develop the practice of meditation if you don't to learn that you're not your thoughts and that's why the syncuition stuff's great because if you hate meditation it's a 3d sound experience that gets you into those brainwave states and it starts to pull you out of your thoughts and you're not your thoughts you're much much more than that so when you begin to understand that you free yourself and, and you allow things to let go you let go of expectations and you get into the zen mode and it's a balance you know it's a balance of being a creator and creating the life that you want and letting go and, and allowing life to happen and being a part of it and not constantly battling it you know in your mind with how you think sh things should be that's how you create such mass suffering you just think it's supposed to be this way so you just are you know thinking that um so that's it so you know for those of you guys who want some coaching i'm developing some ways to do group stuff and individuals because there's been an influx in and people reaching out and I want to help everybody just the time is limited so if you really want to level up in 2018 hit me up Matt at Zen Athlete be happy to be a support system for you if it works we'll do an onboarding process and if not uh, there's there's some resources I can send your way and um, I think that's it uh, yeah that's it so what we'll do just to close it out is just uh, do a little short brief meditation so wherever you are middle of public grocery store going for a jog at the gym i don't care you, you can put yourself into a coherent peaceful state so all you need to do is just stop whatever you're doing set the intention to come to peace and coherence now taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath imagine white platinum gold powerful light coming in filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries and all the stresses of the day just connecting to yourself and focus your attention on your heart and as you focus your attention on your heart i want you to take another deep breath in through your nose and I want you to begin to think about all the kind things that you've done in, the li in your life, all the successes you've had, all the growth, all the fantastic experiences, the fun. Maybe it was as a kid riding bikes. You haven't, maybe it was exploring the planet on vacation. Maybe it was being around your best friends. Just to allow now as you continue your deep breathing, just allow all the most fun, exciting, high impact, energetic memories of your life to come in the most exciting time just allow those memories to come in and just now connect to the energy of those memories just 
feel that energy begin to overwhelm you, every cell and every muscle, and just allow yourself to smile. All the beautiful times, all the times where just peace and silence or deep gratitude, just allow all these memories to come up and just fill your heart and fill your being with this love and this connection. And as you do, I want you to send that energy out to your friends, send it out to your family, send it out to your enemies. Just see yourself handing them that energy and give them a huge energetic hug, realizing you are an infinite multidimensional being. You are not a physical being. Just send them that energetic hug, placing your awareness there and just giving them a big old energetic hug. And I'm doing that with you through the airwaves. My intention is going out to you, the listener, beyond time and space, infinite. I'm here sending you all of my love and my good wishes. Just, uh, Just open yourself up to receive. If you listen to the podcast, just receive my energy and my love and my support, my gratitude for you. You are good enough in my eyes. You are whole in my eyes. You are worthy in my eyes. You are worthy of unconditional love in my eyes. And I'm sending you that energy to support you in your journey in this life, making it just a little bit easier knowing that you have a brother, really. And so now as you feel that energy, I want you to send it out to the entire planet with your honest, genuine signature, your signature of being human on the planet, sending them love and peace and coherence, just allowing it to go throughout the entire planet, out to the galaxy and solar system, all the other galaxies, multiple dimensions, past, present, future. Energy is everywhere. There is no time or space. Just fill yourself up as that beacon and recognize that monitoring your own internal state is the most important thing keeping a high vibration of love and gratitude and peace and presence holding that vibration for others to see for others to feel and this you can choose at every moment of every day you can choose this reclaim your right to own your vibrational state at every moment So thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you, you beautiful soul, in the next episode.